Okay. okay. Please, not the adult swing set that you don't have to pump. Okay. You get you get what euphemism in the description. It's either pump or thrust. You take your pick. You don't get both. Stop. The legs. You don't have. You know what a swing set. You have to pump to go higher. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Zero-G Adventures podcast. As always, I am the Ride Guy, Tim. I'm Brian. And I'm Chris. And thanks for listening. So this week, the park of the week is Cedar Point. Again. It's Groundhog Day, at least on the recording day. That was my groundhog. Is that what that was? That was my groundhog. So we're going to get it started off with our drink of the week which if you've watched the video, it is the Magnum. So Brian, tell us about the Magnum. So the Magnum is a 200, no. Oh, the, the drink, the drink. Okay. The drink, the drink. So um, the Magnum is a frozen beverage with white rum, vodka, Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey, gold schlager cinnamon schnapps, gold tequila fruit punch orange juice, and blended with a lot of ice. It's good. It's different. But so is the Magnum. That's a hot take. Mm -hmm. That's a hot take. Chris, let's start off with you this week. What do you think? I don't think it's the worst drink we've made so far. I don't think it's the best drink we made so far. The best analogy I could come up with it, if you put a stick of like bubble yum in your mouth at the same time as a stick of Big Red, that's what you have in a glass. Interesting. Interesting is the word that I would use to describe the drink of the week. I feel bad for the people that listen to us and hear our reactions. And then they're <laughs> like, why would I even make that? Why are they making videos of it? Because you only live once and why not? I, I will say it's not bad at all. I, I could drink it. I think, I think it's a little heavy on the Golden Schlager. <laughs> I think if we maybe even cut the Golden Schlager out, it, it would be a good summer drink. It's enjoyable. It's just not... It's not a flavor combination that's typical, but it is enjoyable. Don't get me wrong. It's worth making. Now, what I like about it is you taste all the different things. It kind of like, it's kind of like those candles that have like three different levels of scents with, you know. Yeah, as they burn, they change scents. Well, and... it's just you smell different things and. I'm not quite sure telling our listeners that it's a candle you can taste is the best way to sell this drink. No, I'm just I'm just saying, like, you definitely taste the cinnamon schnapps, but you also taste the fruit punch, and then it, there's hints of orange juice. And, you know, I think the rum, the vodka, the whiskey, and the tequila kind of all melt together. But the other stuff, you get a little bit of taste. It has depth. It's like a Long Island iced tea at 205 feet in the air. <laughs> and just like Magnum, some seats are better than others. True. Mm -hmm. True. So uh, make sure that you check out the full recipe on our website, zerogadventures.com, as well as a video of us making the drink this week. Um, and the link's also going to be on the website. 
on to park news, but I think we have kind of a special announcement to make with the park news. Yes. So we have a new YouTube exclusive um, called Zero G Adventures Park News Update, which is a video of Tim and I doing the park news of the week. So it was a lot of fun. We're definitely a good dynamic together. Um, but that is going to be out there. So instead of us doing the news on the podcast every week, we're going to do a video so that you guys can see us because a lot of people have asked for um, a video. And I don't think we're quite ready for the video podcast yet, but I think we're ready to branch out into some other things. <clears throat> yep, it's a lot of fun. It's different. We're still, you know, working out some kinks and Figuring issues. And, you know, we need a backdrop. We need a couple of things, you know, to make it look fancy. but. It's there. It's the news with a twist, with the zero-G twist. But on the podcast, we still want to talk a little bit about the news. So um, for the full news, you got the the update. But for some news discussion, we're still going to take care of it here. A couple things. I think the most interesting thing is the blue B&M track that just showed up at the uh, plant in Ohio. And... There was rumors that it was for the SeaWorld Orlando, what is it, the surf? Surf coaster. Surf yeah. coaster that's projected for 2022 or at this point, 2028. Um, but mm -hmm. They're full speed ahead. They're like, oh, I know. they're like Six Flags in the 90s. They're just like, throw money, throw money, throw money, make it rain. Yep. If they, as long as they can afford to pay the bills. Sure. That's questionable. Yeah. Um, but uh, SeaWorld in San Diego and Six Flags Discovery Kingdom, they're actually reopening as a as a zoo in February. So they're trying to find a way around the capacity issues and what's allowed and what's not allowed in California. Um, so they're going to reopen as a zoo for the short term since amusement parks can't open in California. I already said that. So, so uh, basically what they're doing, it's kind of like. We're not going to open any indoor stuff. We're not going to open rides and attractions, but we're still going to put our animals out for you to watch. Which is cool. I mean, especially out in California, there's really nothing else to do. Right now. Yeah. Right now. So, I mean, it's a good thing that they're trying to find a way to, to open up and give people some things to do. So, but with that, on to our park of the week. It's Groundhog's Day. So, Cedar Point. Again, so part two. So the history this week, um, and we've actually abbreviated abbreviated it this week. We're going to go from 1960 all the way up until 2020 and beyond. Brian, take it away. We're just kind of doing the highlights here. Just because Cedar Point has a long history. It's 150 years of doing a lot of things. So just the highlights. If you want more details, definitely check out our articles on the website that go through a more detailed look. It's Cedar Point's history. But we're going to go back to 1961. Um, the park was finally starting to make changes that make it look like how we see it today. 1961, um, the main midway was being built, and it started to look like it looks today. Unfortunately, a lot of trees were removed for the 100-foot-wide concrete midway that stretched half a mile. And the sky ride was added the year later, taking guests over the new midway. And then the Cedar Point Lake Erie Railroad finally opened in 1963. The station was a lot closer to the main midway than it is today. The Blue Streak opened in 1964, but ironically enough, it wasn't painted blue until 1968. 
So enter 1967, Frontier Town opened. The only way to get to it though, was to take the Cedar Point and Lake Erie Railroad. And then the Cedar Creek Mine Ride Steel Roller Coaster was added to New Frontier Town area in 1968. In 1970, the Midway train station was pushed back to its present day location and five new rides opened on the new million dollar Midway that connected the new train station with the main Midway. So in 1971, the Frontier Trail finally opened, connecting the rest of the park with Frontier Town. And then a Camper Village RV campground opened the same year near the back of the peninsula. And then Cedar Point at that time became a pay one price park in 1974 with a $6.25 admission, including access to all of the rides and most attractions. Holy cow. That's a, that's a, that's a value right there. $6.25. <laughs> Sign me up. The park midway was then extended to the other side of the lagoons with the opening of the Corkscrew Roller Coaster in 1976. It was the first looping roller coaster at the park and featured three inversions. Believe it or not, guests waited two to three hours most days to take a ride. The Corkscrew Midway was extended even further in 1977 with an additional park gate connecting with the campground and the other side of Hotel Breakers. The Midway was extended yet again the following year, connecting with Frontier Town, making the Park Midway one giant loop as we know it today. The Gemini opened that same year on the new Midway and was the world's tallest and fastest roller coaster. The Junior Gemini Kitty Coaster opened the following year. So the 1980s brought some exciting new rides to the park, as well as new hairstyles and new fashions, <laughs> including Whitewater Landing, Demon Drop, Avalanche Run, and Iron Dragon. It was at this point that Cedar Point actually started the Coaster Wars with the opening of Magnum XL 200 in 1989, the focus of our drink of the week. So at 205 feet tall, it opened as the tallest and fastest roller coaster in the world. The park continued to build new record-breaking roller coasters into the 90s, including the Mean Streak, Raptor, Mantis, and other family-friendly additions, including Disaster Transport and the Woodstock Express. Records were shattered yet again in 2000 with the opening of Millennium Force. The 310-foot-tall roller coaster ushered Cedar Point mm -hmm. into the new decade, which was followed by even more record-breaking coasters like Wicked Twister and Top Thrill Dragster. The park started to change direction and move away from breaking records and instead focused on opening great attractions like Maverick in 2007. So for the last 10 years, Cedar Point updated every single area of the park with improvements in guest services, food stands, landscaping, as well as their famed roller coasters. The focus was this time on quality over quantity. The front gate in 2013 was totally reimagined with the new Gatekeeper Wing Coaster going right over the new modern entrance twice. The Gemini Midway was also updated with new rides including Pipe Scream, the family spinning coaster, in 2014. Never wanting to be seen as stale, unpopular rides were removed and updated like the Rougarou sit-down floorless coaster, which used to be the Mantis stand-up coaster. The Blue Streak Dead End Midway was finally extended to connect with the Marina Gate Midway in 2016, along with a new dive coaster called Valraven. Frontier Town is the last area to get a major facelift with the opening of the Steel Track Hybrid Coaster, Steel Vengeance. The structure of the Mean Streak was kept, but the height was increased and expanded. Brand new Steel Track replaced the wooden track with additional inversions, curves, and drops and surprises. So that brings us up to today. 
2021. So let's talk about admission. So right now, uh, they are having a preseason online sale, $39.99 plus taxes and fees for a one-day ticket at Cedar Point. That's an awesome deal. That is a phenomenal deal for Cedar Point um, because normally at the gate, you're paying $70 at least right off the bat. And that's per person per day. So a little bit over half, but about 55%. And there's even, there's other deals on there too. I think for $49.99, it throws in parking as well. And there's the one has a meal plan, like a single meal in it as well. So definitely check out their website for the latest deals. Yeah. While online deals like that are great, Parking's still the same. It's still $20 for regular parking and $30 for premium parking. So what about the rides and attractions? So what do we got? Cedar Point features 71 rides and attractions, including 17 roller coasters, two water rides, 32 family rides, which are rides that guests under 48 inches can ride with the whole family, 15 kids-only rides, and in case of rain, the park has 17 rides that are covered, and can operate in steady to heavy rain. What's Cedar Point most famous for? Roller coasters. They also have 16 steel track roller coasters, as well as one completely wooden track classic roller coaster. That being the Blue Streak, which is a classic out and back wooden coaster. They also have the Cedar Creek Mine Ride, a steel track runaway mine train roller coaster. The Corkscrew, which we've talked about, is a classic Aerodynamics Looping Steel Coaster, the first coaster to ever go upside down three times. They also have Gatekeeper, the Bolger Mabyard Wing Coaster that travels directly above the park's main entrance twice, especially with that zero-G roll. Nice plug, Tim. As well as Gemini, the racing steel track roller coaster built by Aerodynamics, and Iron Dragon, the suspended steel track coaster also built by Aerodynamics. Continuing a trend, Magnum XL 200, another roller coaster designed by Aerodynamics, is this steel hypercoaster with many hills, airtime moments, and three tunnels. What sound does it make in the one tunnel? With glow sticks. When it works. Maverick, a multi-launch steel coaster with a 95-degree drop, two inversions, and many low-to-the-ground changes in direction. Millennium Force. A steel gig coaster featuring large drops, two tunnels, and a high-speed overbank curves. Pipe Scream is that steel half-pipe roller coaster with a hump in it that spins as it goes back and forth. Raptor, the B&M inverted coaster with six inversions. Rougarou, which I'm sorry every time I hear that name, I think Scooby-Doo. Rougarou, a B&M floorless coaster with four inversions over the lagoons of Cedar Point. The old Mantis gone, replaced with Rougarou. We also have Steve, or Steel Vengeance, the RMC Steel Track Coaster, which is the newest and most intense coaster at Cedar Point. It has a bit of mean streak to it, and it's also probably one of the favorites of all coaster enthusiasts. Uh, traveling back to 2003, they installed Topdell Dragster, which is a steel hydraulic launch coaster built by Intamin, reaching a height of 420 feet and speeds of 120 miles per hour. In 2016, they added Val Raven, the Bolliger Mabillard dive coaster that takes you up 223 feet for a scenic view over Lake Erie before plunging you down a 90-degree 90, 90, 90, 90, <laughs> 90 drop 
that hold you looking straight down for a few seconds. Not long <laughs> enough. They should hold you there longer. So in 2002, Cedar Point added Wicked Twister, the steel impulse co coaster that launches you forwards and backwards up two tall twisted spikes of 215 feet. They also added Wilderness Run, a steel kiddie coaster, and Woodstock Express, a family steel coaster, which are both located in Camp Snoopy right off the Gem Gemini Midway. So those are the coasters of Cedar Point. Now, everyone has their favorite, and of course, so do we. So I'll go first. My favorites, I can't just pick one. I have to pick two. And that's Magnum and Raptor. I know they're not the newest. They're not the smoothest. But to me, there's just something about Magnum. And there's something about Raptor. They're classic. They're intense. They throw you around a little bit. Just don't ride Magnum in the front. You gotta ride it towards the back. So what is the magic seat on Magnum? Um, 62. And what is the magic seat on Raptor? Eight. <laughs> okay. So if you ride Magnum, please ride car six, row two. If you ride Raptor, try and go for row eight. Row eight is great. Row eight is magical. What about you, Chris? Just like you, I'm going to have to pick two because I think they're almost like bookend coasters. I would have to go with Millennium Force simply for its height and its speed and the views and the air that you get. And then partnering that with Maverick because of its speed, but it's low to the ground and its twists and its turns. They're two very different experiences, and I love them for those two very different reasons. True. I mean, True. Maverick, the thing I love about Maverick, and it was hard not to pick Maverick because Maverick's like a long ride. There's a lot to it. Yep. Yep. You know, it's it has layers. <clears throat> it's like an onion. Like an onion. <laughs> you know what else has Rolling layers? Park. <laughs> a parfait. A parfait. Mm -hmm. I love parfaits. Do you ever meet somebody and be like, hey, you want to go get a parfait? And they'd be like, hell no, I don't like no parfait. Everybody loves a parfait. In the morning, I'm making waffles. So what's your favorite coaster at Cedar Point, Tim? Millie. Millie? <laughs> Millennium Force. Absolutely. And it's what, what's funny is looking at this, Nobody put Still Vengeance on there. I think that's everybody's favorite coaster, period. But at Cedar Point, mm, like yours is Magnum. I know yours is Magnum and Raptor. Everybody knows mine is Millennium Force. But um, Millennium Force is such a great ride. Um, it's 20 years old. It actually, it's 21 years old. Uh, yeah. It 20... can drink. It can drink this year. <laughs> Actually, now it's it's probably sitting over at Fridays at the Breakers, like knocking back <laughs> a Long Island. I remember when I was younger, but twenty some years ago. Yeah, no, I, I Millennium Force is a great ride, and it and it's all, over the years people have made it very polarizing, where you either love it or hate it because they call it Millennium Force list or Millennium, or Millennium Force. Yes, in it's overall, I mean, it's a good ride. It's a long ride. And we're going to talk about it because it is our coaster of the week. Yes. So maybe I should just stop talking about it. So moving on. There's, you know, Cedar Point's known for its coasters, but there's also other rides there, you know. That are non-coasters. You know, they, they have a variety of major rides, um, including the Cedar Downs Racing Derby 
And it's similar to a merry-go-round, but it is definitely not your typical merry-go-round. Um, it's one of only two racing carousels left in the country, and you hit speeds of 14 miles per hour while you jockey for the position against the three other horses in your row. It's a very unique ride. And it's cool. A lot of people don't realize that. You're literally, you know, it's rows of four horses. You're moving forward and backward at the same time. So one of you actually wins the race when at the end of the ride, whoever yeah. is, you know, sticking out the farthest is the winner. That is the unique thing about that ride. The other ride like Cedar Downs is in New York. It's at Rye Playland. It goes faster, but the horses don't jockey for position. So the only one that still jockeys for position is the one at Cedar Point. It, it is a really cool ride, and it's a great alternative to carousels. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have the Power Tower, which is actually two rides in one. So it is a SNS drop tower shot ride, all in the same thing. So you can either choose to be shot 240 feet in the air or choose to be hoisted up and shot down 240 feet. Um, they're both full of adrenaline. It's not for view. me. A great view, though. You okay? I'll watch from from the ground. Yeah, I, okay. I do not do drop towers. No. So they also have Skyhawk, which is like a swing set for adults. The pneumatic technology thrusts you forward and backwards. It's like a giant swing set without you having the pump. New for 2021 is Snake River Expedition, which is bringing back the old paddle wheel excursion ride with a different theme. Boat rides are going to take you around the lagoons of Cedar Point on this family adventure. Windseeker, another ride Tim won't ride. 300 foot tall. No. <laughs> 300 foot tall swing ride. No. On the beach of Lake Gear. The, 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 on the beach of Cedar Point. No. Um, awesome lighting package, though. Yes. I will agree with that. Um, another ride that Tim won't ride is. No. Max Air. It's a pendulum ride that spins as it swings, reaching a height of 140 feet. Yeah. No. No, no, no. Yeah, so we know what so we know so what rides we, you we won't know, ride. We, okay, so we everybody knows what I won't ride. <laughs> um, but let's talk about our favorite non-coaster rides, experiences, attractions at Cedar Point. So uh Chris, why don't you go first? My favorite non-coaster ride is still something technically on a track. I love to ride theme park trains. There's something relaxing about them. It's a chance to actually chill out, take a seat, and basically take a rest in the middle of your day. And honestly, it's even better as a mode of transportation. Because if you're in the main midway and you want to get to the back of the park, you either have to hoof it or wait for the train. And if I have a choice, I'm going to wait for the train. Or at the end of the day, oh, <laughs> after you've been walking all day, that the, the Cedar Point train is probably my second favorite train. Dollywood's the best. That'd be correct, Alex. Yes. And I feel bad because Chris has never been to Dollywood yet. Yet. He will soon. But they have the best train. But Dollywood's we'll train is amazing. But anyway, we're talking about Cedar yeah. Point. So, Brian, what's your favorite ride? Um, the adult swing set. Oh, you mean the Skyhawk? Yes. 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 The Skyhawk's my favorite because you get that negative G feeling in your stomach. It's a great ride with a great view. It's a little too short. I wish it was longer, but it's a great ride. 
Entire no. thing together. It's like a grinder had Yelp reviews. It's like it's a little short. We just like a great ride though. Woo! So for me, since you guys asked, um, I think my favorite ride, well, non coaster ride, would either have to be the Sky Ride, just because that's a great way to take in the main midway it's slow moving it's up above everything you don't have to worry about the crowds you can take a look at the coasters and in the beach and and all the stuff that's going on underneath you and it's a great way to take you from the front of the park to basically coasters which is just a drive-in yeah. the restaurant that's a short jaunt away from the train so you basically get from the front of the park to the back of the park on moving stuff and of note that ride has the best crew because that crew has to hustle. Oh, yeah. There's no stopping. That ride, they operate their Sky Ride much faster than most parks that have those rides do. Mm -hmm. It moves faster, a lot faster. And it, trust me, those workers are moving. I like that. And then I also, I like Forbidden Frontier. Um, Forbidden Frontier is kind of a walkthrough adventure type attraction that's free to the public that's back near frontier trail or it's right off of frontier trail it's where shoot the rapids used to be yeah shoot the rapids before you get to maverick raging rapids right well not the raging rapids right thunder canyon yep. it's in the middle of the frontier trail yes <clears throat> yeah um but it's one of the few areas within cedar point that actually has trees and actually has shade and um, it's a great place to just go. They have wooden rocking chairs that you can go and sit in. You can take your drink in. You can take your food in and just go and just sit and just relax and enjoy the atmosphere and the shade, especially if it's a bright and sunny day. So really like that. And they have a nice food stand back there, too. A lot of people don't even realize it. Like if the lines are busy for food stands, go to the one in Forbidden Frontier because they serve good food and never has a line. Hmm. That's good to know. But um, it's a nice segue. about food. Yeah, it's a nice segue into food. Let's talk about food. So Cedar Point has 42 food locations in the park. 38 are fast food or buffet style. And four are full service sit-down restaurants. 13 of the locations feature indoor air-conditioned seating. And five locations in the park have outdoor rain-protected seating. Believe me, we know. Because when we went <laughs> to Cedar Point this year... It rained all day, and we were carefully mapping out in the park where we could go that we could sit outside yeah. and be protected by the rain. Because some umbrellas are better than others. Yeah, because they got those ones that got the holes in it, and it's perforated and stuff, and the yeah. rain just falls right there. Nope, you need but, a good canvas one. Yeah, ones. there's the old large canvas ones that have like three or four tables underneath each one. And um, yeah, there's I can tell you there's one by the Iron Dragon. There's one in the back of the park by um, uh, the Stampede restaurant in Frontier Town. There's one, one by of, uh, in front of Gemini. There's one in front of Gemini, as well as, like you said, the one in front of Magnum by the pretzel shop. 
And I think there's one more near the front of the park. So what about our favorites? The favorite sit down places. Oh, sit down places. Um, or, you know, the lunch or dinner. Yeah. So like where you can go. Okay. Yeah. So like our favorite lunch or dinner, somewhere that you can go and get something, maybe sit down or, you know, whatever. So mine is the newer backbeat, the backbeat Q barbecue smokehouse, mm-hmm. which is where Witch's Wheel used to be. They have really good food. Um, the thing I like about it is it's, you know, all the newer food stands they're building have like the buffet line. So people move quicker through it. Um, so it helps with capacity and you're inside as well when you wait. But they have really good food, really good mac and cheese. I like it. Cool. The only thing they failed with that location was there's nowhere to eat inside, and most of the tables don't have, like, rain protection. So, Chris, what's your favorite place to eat? To pick up on what you were talking about, barbecue, actually one of my favorite places is the Smokehouse in Frontier Town. I think because of the new barbecue location, a lot of people tend to overlook this one, but they have an Mm -hmm. excellent menu, and they have a large indoor air-conditioned seating area with one of the nicer bathrooms, so you really can't pass that up in a theme park. My other favorite place, and I know Tim will agree with me on this one, is definitely Melt. So yeah, I would say that one of my favorites is Melt. It is a chain from up in Cleveland, and they brought a location into Cedar Point. They probably have about 25 different ways to make grilled cheese, depending on how you like it. Um, They have a lot of different things on their menu, and what I think is interesting about the entire restaurant is it's all old Cedar Point memorabilia. They have old logos as their wallpaper and they have old um, height signs and different pictures from different eras of the park, different eras of the park's history. Um, it's, it's just a really cool looking place on the inside. Yeah. I love the decor on the inside. It really like I could spend hours just looking through all the stuff they have. Mm-hmm. And then. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, of course, you you also have your favorite snack places, um, places you can just go up and get something quick to eat and um, go on about your day. And they have a lot of different places like that within Cedar Point. Um, What's yours, Brian? So they recently redid the... um, Near the front of the park, there was a place where you can get funnel cakes and stuff like that. And one of the places they redid for 2021 is the new French Quarter Confections. That is by far my favorite. Um, They have so many different things in there. They have funnel cakes with different flavors, and they make them all to order and lots of different. I don't even know everything they have there because their menu is so extensive. The funnel cakes with the sour gummy worms on them last year. Oh my god, were so good. So, yeah, I really like that place. For me, I would have to say it moves every year, um, but it's typically near the coasters, Dine-In and Val Raven and the main Midway's. They have a bunch of different food trucks. Um, there's one that's a fire truck, and they offer a jalapeno pineapple cheeseburger. It is good, but let me tell you, the chips that come on the side 
are probably the best homemade potato chips I have ever had in my life. Yeah, I think that it's usually like where the Good Time Theater used to be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, right over by the by the marine entrance. Yeah. Oh, those chips are so amazing. And I would have to agree with you. There's nothing you said that I disagree with because that's my favorite location as well. Yeah. Yeah, they it's it took us how many years to finally get the, around the, to the, actually trying Oh, them. we're like, "Oh, we're going to try, we're going to try." And by the time we get there, it's either closed or we're like, "Oh, let's just go back," you know. But so moving on, shows and entertainment. Yep. So Cedar Point's known for its roller coasters, but their entertainment ranks up with some of the best in the amusement park industry. Um, the Red Garter Saloon is usually one of my personal favorites because you can eat, you can drink, and you can watch a show. And the show that's in there is usually with a live band and singers. Sometimes regular season, it tends to be more country. But Halloween season, it's like classic rock. Very popular. Hard to get a spot if you want to get a seat at a table on the floor. Lusty Lil's Palace Theater is in Frontier Town. They usually have a Western review with singing and dancing, a live piano player and drummer. The John Aldrich Theater um, near the front of the park is usually where the Broadway-style show is with the dramatic lighting, the singers, the dancers. But the park also has a lot of strolling musicians. And for the 150th anniversary, they're planning a lot of special shows, including a nighttime parade. Now, I don't think it's going to be like, you know, Main Street Electrical Parade, but I think it, it looks pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it, it does look interesting, especially for Cedar Point, because it's not something normally that they do. Right. Which is cool. Um, so overall, Cedar Point, it has something for everyone. Food, shows, drinks. Roller coasters, the beach, the beach, non roller coaster rides, sitting places, um, a whole bunch of it's really a whole. It's a place like no other. It is. It's a great slogan. It's the new slogan that Cedar Point uses, and it's right. I mean, there's it's a place like. Yes, it 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 is very different, and there's not any other amusement park that I've been to that is like it. Now, one of the things that Cedar Point gets a bad rap for is long lines. Yes. I mean, that's especially if you go on a Saturday, there's long lines. So if you're short on time, what would you say your five must-do attractions would be at Cedar Point? So for me, you are going to Cedar Point. Most people that go to Cedar Point go for the roller coasters. So to me... Number one, you have to ride Steel Vengeance. It is a favorite. It is a golden ticket winner. Um, It is an amazing ride. As well as Millennium Force, which was a record-breaking. Raptor, which was a record-breaking inverted coaster. Maverick, which we've talked about last week on the podcast. It's not as intense as other rides, but it is forceful because of the launching. and then also something that always gets overlooked, especially with coaster enthusiasts, Gatekeeper. Um, Gatekeeper is amazing. You get a great view of the beach as you're going up the lift hill. You get to fly over the front gate, see everybody walking in, look at everybody walking out. You get a great view of the front of the park. It's amazing. Um, and then also personal advice, though, on Gatekeeper, wait till nighttime to ride it. That ride gets long lines early in the day because it's closer to the front of the park. Yep. 
if you ride it at night, it seems faster because it's, you know, gone all day, the track's warm, ready to go, and it usually never has a wait at night or a much shorter wait. I would say the same thing with Raptor too. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. those are the first two coasters <clears throat> that you can go to when you oh when you walk through the front gate. Raptors on your left, gatekeepers on your right. So for me, I agree with Tim on most of them. <laughs> Steel Vengeance, <laughs> Millennium Force. Um, actually, you didn't say Millennium Force, which surprises me. Oh, yes, you did. Yes, I did. So Steel Vengeance, Millennium Force, Maverick, Raptor. Um, and I, of course, my fifth is Magnum, just because it's Magnum. Um, I like it is what, a piece of history. Yeah, I like what you said, and it's true. It's hard to pick. That's the thing with Cedar Point is they have so many quality roller coasters and attractions. It's hard to pick just five. Um, so same four as you and just Magnum instead of Gatekeeper. Chris, what about you? Well, I took a sort of different view on this question. I sort of take it as what would I suggest to somebody who's never been to the park before? So it's more like a holistic view. And I really think to really get a sense of the park, you need to see it from above. So my first pick would be something that you can see the park from the air, Skyride or the Giant Wheel. So you can see the perspective of just how big sure. the place is. And then because I love myself an amusement park train, definitely the, um, definitely the train. Because it gives you a chance to relax and you get, again, a different perspective on the size. You literally run around most of the park on this track. And going back to one of Cedar Point's former slogans, America's Roller Coast, it is almost a living history museum when it comes to coasters, especially the progression of steel coasters over time. So my last three picks would be some combination of Magnum, Millennium Force, Maverick, and Steel Vengeance, because it's a literally a linear progression yep. of steel coaster history. It, it, yeah. No, I, I, yeah. I think you have a great, like if anybody was listening to this, I would take Chris's advice. I mean, Tim and I are more coaster guys, so yeah. that's like, I am the ride guy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I think Chris has the ultimate guide. Here's what you do. Yeah. Now, I don't like being negative or anything like that, but with 71 attractions, if you had to pick three attractions that you would say don't quite measure up to the others, or if you're short on time, definitely skip these, what would it be? For me, I would say Wicked Twister. Um, it's an impulse coaster. Basically, it's a giant U roller coaster that goes frontwards, goes backwards, goes frontwards, goes backwards, and then frontwards, and then it stops. And if you weigh over 180, <clears throat> you most likely won't fit in the restraint anyway. Yes, they do have very tight restraints. The seats are very high, so it you know if you're of shorter stature, it can be harder to get up into the seat um, because they don't have platforms. Um, another one that I would say would be Corkscrew. Uh, it is nostalgic. It is a piece of Cedar Point history. The corkscrews do go over the midway and you can walk right underneath them. But that's probably the best part is looking under, walking underneath of it and taking pictures of the ride, not actually going through it because it is somewhat rough. It's a better set piece than a ride. Yes, true, true. Um, and then for me, it would be Gemini. Um, that's the racing roller coaster. Um, that was built by Aerodynamics. It was a world record breaker when it first opened, but 
to me, it's something that's hit or miss because it does have its points where it's very bumpy. I would say snoozy, not bumpy. Mm. It just, eh, it loses something other than the very end of the ride. Amazingly, when it first opened, a lot of coaster enthusiasts called it boring. I, that's they, what I would say. And they said it was like a mine ride on steroids. Yes. Which is pretty much what it, I, what it is. Yeah. It, y- yeah. I mean, they're literally the same kind of trains that you find on the mine ride, but it has a 125-foot hill. You know, right. I mean, it was great for when it was built because they wanted the set records and they wanted a high-capacity ride. When it had six trains, it did over 3,000 people per hour. Which, it, I mean, it, because it does have the two trains that live simultaneously, it does mow through people. Yeah. But... As you've said many times before, I'm Tim, a skipper. And I, and I agree with you on that. I mean, if the line is short, we'll ride it. But as you've said numerous times, and I agree with you, it's sitting on a lot of land. Four acres. That could be used for something else. There's a lot of other high-capacity attractions that could be in its place. It, and we'll save this conversation for another time, yeah. the speculation, but it, there, it's sitting on four acres, and but it mows through people, especially during busy Saturdays and busy Halloween. And the only thing I'll say, if they replace it with something, make it a racing coaster. There's something about the racing dueling concept. Dueling. Yes. Not racing. Oh, it's a race and duel, like lightning racer. That's what that part that's what Cedar Point means. Yeah. For me, um, I agree with Wicked Twister and Corkscrew. I would definitely skip those two. My third choice is Iron Dragon. Not because it's not a great ride. It just, it's low capacity, only running two trains. It is rough. It is not aged gracefully. I mean, it's unique because it's one of the few suspended. Well, it's one of the few left, yeah. yeah. You know. It just—I mean, it, it's hard. I'm surprised, I'm surprised you put that on your list, knowing you and your nostalgia and your uniqueness and attraction to those types of rides. I'm surprised you put that on your list. Yeah, it just, yeah, because there aren't a lot left. What about you, Chris? My list contains two that both of you have listed already: Corkscrew. And Wicked Twister. Wicked Twister, for numerous reasons, and as I've said before, I just do not like going backwards. But one that you might disagree with me on is Top Thrill. And the reason these three are on my list is that, for better or for worse, to me, these are all coasters that are sort of one-trick ponies. There's not much to them. And for the most part, they're all rides you can experience somewhere else. They're not really all that unique. Well, not talk to him. Dragster, to him. dragster is like one of like five in the world in terms of that type of ride. But it's still but a one trick pony. Yeah, it is a one trick pony. But the thing that I will agree with you on top throw is the uptime on it. The downtime outweighs the uptime. It's better than it used. To be. It is a lot better than it used to be. But it's still a flip of the coin whether or not it's going to be open. And if yeah. it's down, don't even wait for it. Just Move along. Wait until you hear it. You can hear that ride throughout the entire park. You know, if you hear it going, then maybe walk up. Just hope there isn't a stiff breeze that day. 
yes. or it's flowing in the right direction. It's very temperamental. But, I mean, my take on Top Thrill Dragster, if it has a 30-minute wait or less, I'll ride it. If it's more than 30 minutes, I'll skip it. True. True. I'd agree with that. With that, I think it's time we take it to the Coaster of the Week. Yep. And the Coaster of the Week is Tim's personal favorite. It's so popular that the future has been riding it for 21 years. (laughs) And that's Millennium Force. What's interesting, so before we get into Millennium Force, sorry to interrupt, before we get into Millennium Force, if you've listened to our podcast and our opening song, that is actually a remix of the music that they play in the station of Millennium Force to this day. So just throwing that out there. Bonus feature, bonus fact. So Millennium Force opened in 2000. It has a Y2K theme to it. Um, I actually love, love, love the extended video that the park used to promote Millennium Force the year before it opened. That is, I think we talked about it like the first episode or the second episode about nostalgia and about like park marketing and stuff like that, that you don't see that anymore. No. The hype around this with with the people running around the city and they see in that little M the logo and that would just the, the little M and then you know goes up into the stars and the stars make an M constellation like that marketing campaign was amazing and it's the first time you heard the music yes because it was in there and then when you actually got to ride it and the same music was in the station it was a level of synergy that Cedar Point's never had. Yeah, Cedar Point is definitely an amusement park and a thrill park. They're not a theme no. park by any means. They they have a little bit of it, but they're not a theme park. That whole campaign was definitely themed. Yeah, and it, they did such a great job on it. And when they released the video and three hundred, like I can hear the girl. Oh yeah, we'll link to that promo video. Yeah. I'll link, I'll link that. And what's funny is the next two coasters that opened after it also had music in the station. Wicked Twister, which plays the song in the station. Oh, I've only read that right. Yeah, it, it has music that plays in the station, and Top Thrill Dragster has Ready to Go. Yeah. Which, yep. it definitely adds to it, you know. But then the ride says, but I'm not. Yeah. And it shuts down for a hard reset. <laughs> and, and the last one that had music in the station is Maverick. Yep. Which sets the tone. And that's, you know, the one type of theming that Cedar Point does well is Western. Mm-hmm. Their frontier town is, you definitely feel like you're in a different part of the park. It feels like a different But we're talking about yeah. Millennium Force. Back to Millennium Force. Back to 2000. Millennium Force is a giga coaster by Intamin. It is 310 feet tall. It has a 300-foot drop at an 80-degree angle, reaching speeds of 93 miles per hour. What kind of features does the ride have, Tim? Well, you should know. It's your favorite. I do. So, 160. So, after the 300 foot drop, you have a 169 foot tall overbank curve at 122 degrees. For reference, 125 degrees is inverted. So, this is near inverted. After that, you go through a tunnel. Then, you go through a 182 foot tall camelback airtime hill. After that, you do a 360 turn and into another overbank turn. So then you hit another airtime hill, go through another tunnel, hit a straightaway, final airtime hill or final overbank turn, 
and into the brakes. What's unique about the ride is when you hit the magnetic brakes at the end of the ride, you are still going 40 miles an hour after 6,559 feet of track. Yeah, it's, it is an incredible ride. Um, it's two minutes and 20 seconds long officially. I don't think the ride is actually that long because of how fast you go up the lift hill. It's a long ride. I mean, two two minutes, 20 seconds. I, I don't know if it's really that yeah, long. It's, that's the official length, ride time length. Um, but yet, I remember that Cedar Point video. And you have the enthusiast on it that and the workers operating it says, from the top of the lift hill, it's 60 seconds. I forget the exact time length. But mm-hmm. do you remember the video I'm talking about? The one that's all about Cedar Point, the the world's largest amusement park. And it's it like an entire same, day, yeah. yes. And it goes through everything. I can't, I can't, I can't see that it's. I mean, maybe two minutes and twenty seconds from the time the lift starts to the yeah. time that you physically get out yeah. of the train because you sit on the brake run, right? So I mean, but I mean, regardless, sixty five hundred feet of track—that's a long ride. Yes. I mean, not too many are longer than it. And the thing about it that a lot of people forget is it doesn't have a mid-course brake run. No. There's no period of the ride to stop, yet they still operate it with three trains um, because there's a separate loading station and a separate unloading station, which mm-hmm. definitely helps with capacity. But the problem is, is you can't send the train, even if it's ready, until the other train gets to a certain point because of the when fact that the there's, there's no yeah. mid-course brake run. Yeah. And I mean, the thing with help is with capacities, it does have 36 riders per train. Yeah. When it's running at full capacity. Right. Um, so 36 riders per train, that's that's a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, when you think, you know, a Bolliger or Mabiar coaster does 32. It depends. I mean, a, I mean, it depends on the length of the train. The, hyper, the um, B&M Hypers, like Apollo's Chariot, run 36. So, but I mean, it, it's... For that type of, oh yeah, for that type of ride, it, oh, yeah. it's, it's good capacity. It's a lot. So, but um, it's a great ride. Um, the first drop is amazing. Yeah, it is one of the best first drops on any coaster. Now, if you're an airtime fan, you know that's I think a lo- where a lot of enthusiasts call Millennium Force forceless because it doesn't have ejector airtime, but it does have Floater. floater airtime. My one of my favorite moments is after you go around a bunch of those overbank turns on the island, and then you come back towards the station and you go over that floater airtime hill, then the tunnel, and then another surprise airtime hill. That that last airtime hill actually gives you the most ejector airtime. That's like the, the ejector. little one in front of the station. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The Millennium Force is a lot of float, and that's that's my version of airtime. That's what I really love about airtime. Now, when you look at rides like Still Vengeance, and Still Vengeance and Maverick, that's ejector. It's yeah. just forcibly throwing yeah, yeah. you out of your seat. Millennium Force doesn't throw you out of your seat. It just gives you that uh, yes. type feeling. Um, and he, I Tim, remember, makes that, Tim makes that noise when we go over those hills on the ride, uh, too. Yes. It's yeah. a very euphoric feeling. It, you it don't is. feel stressed. You don't feel strained. It, it's just heavenly. It, yeah, I, I wrote it with Chris probably what like three years ago two three years ago four years ago whatever and i 
I don't condone this, but I had something in my pocket. I forget what it was. And we went over one of those airtime meals in the floater and it came out of my pocket and Chris and I both saw it come out of my in pocket. Slow it just, motion. It's slow motion. It just floated in front of us. And both both of us looked at it and it just floated away and it went down into the ground or whatever. And we just like kind of just watched it. And then we looked at each other and was like, well, that was cool. And, and then, you know, then the ride stopped. But I don't condone anything and no loose articles on any rides. But I just forgot about it. But. It, that's the type of airtime that you get on Millennium Force is that floater, just gradual euphoric type. The other thing airtime. that's nice about the trains are how open they are. Yes. Yes. They're very open. Your restraints are just the individual seatbelt, the individual hydraulic lap bar. T-bar. And it's the T-bar. Yep. So it gives you a lot of room, but it still holds you securely in place, but yet you feel very open. Yes, Which, from the waist up, you yes. can move everywhere. And Tim, if you didn't know, doesn't like lift hills or height. No. So going up Millennium Force, Tim is completely quiet. You're not allowed to talk to him. I look at the floor and I just... I've been yelled at so many times <laughs> while having trying to hold a conversation with him on a lift hill. See, Chris and I can have conversations on entire rides. No. I, I can't do it. I did... Just something about, I don't know if it's vertigo. I don't know. I don't know if well, it's, it's just an irrational. Fa- I mean, it is it's 45 a, it's degree angle. It's a steeper angles. lift hill than It is yes. 45, degree, 45 degree angle. So it is steep and it does truck. It goes 13 miles an hour whenever well, it's running at full. My favorite part is when the, you always can tell when the other train crossed over into the exit station because at that point, the lift hill gets faster the, mm-hmm. or the cable lift picks up speed and it catches you off guard it does it starts really pulling you and you can feel it pull you faster and, and then it's quiet you know most roller coasters yeah. when you come over the top of the hill you kind of just hang there no you were and then over. with millennium force yeah. you are yanked over like you know it's the third hill of the ride yeah. um but it it's just it, it's a great it was engineered good it was one i think it's one of intamin's best but they don't make them like that anymore, no. for sure. I mean, well, I, I hate In the older versions of Intamins, let me rephrase yeah. that. The older Intamins, I think it was one of their best that they made yes. engineering-wise. Um, Although, some coaster mm-hmm. enthusiasts would beg to differ about Superman Ride of Steel at Six Flags. That is true. And Expedition G-Force. Yes. Those are always Germany. the three that you... You know, I'd say up until the last five years, if you asked a top coaster... It was either one of those three. It was Millennium Force, it was Superman Ride of Steel, or Expedition G. Like, like the Holy Trinity. Those were the three. All Intamin, all about the same time. Yeah. All within, I think, one or two years of each yeah, other. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, what those other two coasters don't have that Millennium Force has... Is, is a, a cable lift. Is a cable lift and a very impressive lighting package. The lighting package on the lift hill for Millennium Force is epic. Yes, it is. Um, yes. It Somebody the- tried to come up recently and tried to compete with it, but I still think Millennium Force has a beat. Millennium Force has a beat because of its color combinations, its strobing. It, it literally goes through so much. Yep, it's epic. The lighting package on Millennium Force is epic. It is... Um, do I need to talk about it again, or we already recorded that part? 
Uh, yeah, because you, you had mentioned about another coaster had tried to. Yeah, oh. you were you were mentioning about Onion. No, you were referencing Onion tried to rip it off. No, not Onion. Guazi. Oh, Iron Guazi. Yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't even yeah. realize they tried. Iron Guazi's lighting is amazing. Yeah, it's not like Millennium Force. It's though. not Millennium quality, but oh, it's close. It reminded it's me. Close of the, it reminded me of the golf building. Yes. The golf building in Pittsburgh. It changes. Yeah. So anyway. So anyway, but let's segue into that cape lift. Yeah. So I mean, again, we talk a lot about Millennium Force, and the big thing about that ride is the cable lift system. It was the first to have it, and ironically, that is our coaster term of the week: cable lift hill. Take it away, Tim. So, most roller coasters they use the chain lift. To take you up the first hill, and you know everybody knows the click, traditional. That's the arrow version. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, most people when they hear a lift hill or something or see a roller coaster going up the hill, that's the sound that you hear, and that's a chain lift. Um, some use an elevator lift where you go onto a narrow piece of track and it just lifts you straight up. Others use magnets like. Maverick, um, or wheels to get you over the first hill, kind of like the Hulk at Islands of Adventure before, you know, gravity takes over and takes you through the rest of the ride. Um, the roller coaster company that designed Millennium Force, known as Intamin, had a unique option when they were trying to figure out how do we get this large train up to 310 feet in the air. So they came up with a cable lift system. Um, and it was first used on Millennium Force's here point. Yeah, I think a lot of the reason for it is roller coasters weren't built 300 feet tall before it, and they were trying to think of a way. That's a long chain. That's, you know, That's a heavy yeah, chain. Yeah, you know, and they were trying to think of ways. I mean, it was years later that any other company built a 300-foot tall coaster. Yeah. And amazingly... B&M uses a chain and not a cable lift. Cable lift is something unique to Intimate. So the cable lift utilizes a cable, big shocker there, that's attached to a catch car that moves up and down the lift hill in a separate channel between the track rails. Once the train engages in the catch car, the speed is increased and the train is quickly pulled to the top of the lift hill. Now, because a cable is much lighter than a chain, cable lifts are much faster and require less maintenance. They're also quieter. Now, one thing I thought was interesting is El Toro also uses a cable lift. Yes. It is the only one that doesn't start in the station. Yes. You come around, and it just picks you up. And it is the most temperamental part of that ride. If that ride breaks down, it's because of that. It has to adjust its speed to go the same speed that the train is moving to engage correctly. Mm -hmm. Where on Millennium Force, you know, you're in the station, they say you're ready to go and clear, and nothing happens because you can't see what's happening. The cable is actually then going underneath your train, connecting, and then taking you up the hill. Mm -hmm. And so, it starts out slow yes. to grab it, and then you can feel pull, which is really weird because with, with El Toro, it's like, you know, like, like I said, you come around that bend and then you just grab onto and go. And it's really it's weird. It's almost full speed from the start. That, that can happen. Yeah. And it's just, that's 
weird because all all of them i305 expedition g-force all all the other ones that have the cable lift they start in, in the, the station. station and do the exact same thing the millennium force does except for el Toro. yep so but that's our coaster term of the week much shorter than last week yes the launch coaster <laughs> encyclopedia yes but now we move on to our final topic, the nostalgia part. Um, we always like to talk about a little bit of nostalgia. And because we're talking about Cedar Point, because we're talking about Millennium Force, let's kind of talk about our first time on Millennium Force. And I think Chris is going to take us away. One of the first things I always think about memory-wise when it comes to Millennium Force was one of the first times I rode it with Tim. And we're in line. And it was a very cold day. Very cold That's day. You in mid-May. You go in May where it's still snowing. <laughs> it's tradition. It it's is. It's what we do. That's what, 20 years we've done it. He was standing in front of me, so I couldn't see the front of him. His back was to me. And all I could see was what I thought was smoke. I literally thought he was smoking in line. Bad, Tim. Bad. And I, yeah, exactly. And I <laughs> smacked him and I said, what the hell are you doing? You're going to get us kicked out. <laughs> It was his breath. It was so cold. It was cold. that cold. See his breath. Yes. Yes. Well, for me, um, I actually, Millennium Force, and I think that's why it's my favorite coaster. I, it was actually the first coaster, um, besides Steel Phantom, that I actually followed from construction. From, constru from tease to announcement to construction to completion. And, you know, I had gone early May, right after it had opened. And um, I'd gone up there and it was my first time at Cedar Point. So this not only was my first time on Millennium Force, this was also my first time at Cedar Point. But getting on the ride and waiting an hour and a half for it, or however long I waited, I know that it was over an hour, um, waiting for it, sitting down, looking down and seeing the Intamin Giga roller coaster plate. On, on the floor of the trains. If those weren't attached, you'd have one in this I <laughs> would have been stole at. But even to this day, still looking at it. I think at one point we might have tried. <laughs> I, we, yeah, we, we don't have. condone. We know we don't. We don't, don't do condone that. defacing yeah, a don't park, do no. park stuff. Um, but just looking down and seeing Intamin Giga Coaster, knowing that it was the first Giga and stuff, it was just, it, it was just like full circle to me. And the ride on it scared me shitless. Oh, yeah. Sorry, excuse my language. It's like that first drop is no joke, um, but it is also the most fun at the same time. You know, so I, I thoroughly remember my first trip and my first ride on Millennium Force. So my first time on Millennium Force, I'll never forget it. Um, it was the first time I ever rope dropped a new roller coaster. Um, it was like the third or fourth day of operation. We got there an hour before the park opened. It was the only time I've ever really ran to get to a ride from the gate. And we tried to run this year. <laughs> I think we made it probably about 10 yards. Yeah, we did pretty and good. And then we stopped. And we were like, yeah, no, we're too old for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> I took the train. <laughs> but so literally ran to the line. Um, uh, we weren't the only ones because all four gates at Cedar Point opened at the same time. 
and all four gates have people running to the ride and the ride is in the middle of the park. Yep. And I wasn't smart enough to walk to the marina gate. We started at the front gate, so we didn't have that advantage. No. So we waited 15 minutes for our first time on Millennium Force. Which is not bad. Which is not bad at all. We rode it later that day and waited three and a half hours. So, but I'll just never forget that lift hill. It, you know, it's quiet. It is so eerily quiet. And when you look, unlike Tim, who just looks at his feet, when you look around, when you look to the left, you see water. When you look straight ahead of you, you see water. When you look to the right, you see the tiny park underneath you. And then water, all three directions, it's water. And then you go down the drop that feels like you're falling forever. Mm -hmm. And then it's nonstop speed until you arrive back at the magnetic brakes. Take a deep breath and then run back and get in line again. Well, you were going to, and then it was a seven hour wait. And you said, no, I'll come back later. Like, <laughs> so yeah, and that's fun. It's so, you know, we talk about first times and all that, but favor time, I just want to break. Like, probably the last May that we went, what was that, 19 that we went to Cedar Point? Yes. <clears throat> we, Chris and I, 2019? Yeah, 2019. Yeah. Um, we go up in May and it's normally open 10 to 8 or so. Park closes at 8 o'clock. It's early in the season. There's not a lot of people there. They're just warm. Well, you guys go up. the first week they're open, like during yes, the week. Yes, the first week that they're open during the week is yeah. when we go. And we always say 7 to 8 is the Millennium Force power hour. Because if you get in line at 7 o'clock, an hour before the park closes... There is nobody in line for the ride. And, you know, when you get on the ride, come back in, when you get to the unload station, they actually open a gate where you can just walk right into the station and get on the next train. Sometimes you make it onto the exact same train. Sometimes you, you can if you're of. quick. If you're quick, you can. Um, however, me and Chris, we were like, all right, let's do a power hour. So we started doing it and we would just, mess with each other and be like, well, you weren't holding your hands the entire way down the first hill. We got to do it again. You got to ride it again. Just trying to, you know, get each other to ride again. And Chris bowed out after I think it was 11. Something around there. Because at that point, I'm like, uh, this is still fun, but... And you were probably cold. Well, cold. <laughs> and I also wanted to use more of my drink pass. Yes. So you, you got off after 11 rides in an hour, and I stayed on and I kept going and I got after I got out after 13 rides and that's only because they shut the ride down and I missed the last ride of the night but um there was like a train behind me or something some crap like that but um I think I think that was the favorite time just hitting 13 rides next year I want to hit 15 that's my goal life goals and life again goals. It's, that, it, it, it's not my life and it's not just that it's a great time to be able to ride. It's a great time of day. It's like, sunset. Yes. See, to me, there's nothing like a nighttime ride. Oh, Atlanta. nighttime rides are great, but there's something about twilight as well. Twilight's good. Once that sun starts setting, one if you get to a certain point, that sun's like right in your eyes when you're going up the lift hill. But yeah. Whatever. But well, your eyes aren't open anyway. That, that's true. <laughs> I mean, the cool thing about the lighting package on the lift hill, it looks great 
um, you know, looking at the ride. When you're on the ride, if it's slightly foggy, which Cedar Point is known for, you just see these colors of light shining up from underneath colors, you, if you will. and you're going through mm -hmm. them. And if it's in the middle of the summer, if it's not foggy, you just see them through the layers of the bugs. That ah. are, that are we're, in the we ain't going to talk about the bugs. Yeah. On the yeah. Keep forest. your mouth closed at nighttime on roller coasters at Cedar Point. But yeah. So I think with that, that wraps up our trip to Cedar Point. So big that it took two weeks to cover. Yep. We also have um, a couple more episodes of Cedar Point's detailed history coming out on our website. Again, don't forget to go to our website, www.zerogadventures.com. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash zerogadventures. We're on Instagram, zero underscore G underscore adventures, and on Twitter at zerogadventures. Definitely look for us on YouTube as well. Again, we have this long thing until we get 100 subscribers and then I can change it. But we will, you can always find the, the link to our YouTube channel directly on our website as well as our Facebook page. And tell your friends to subscribe so we can get to that 1,000. Yes. We want to get to the 100 and we want to get to 1,000. Oh, what Absolutely. do we have to get first? 100? Does 100 give 100 us can 100 can change, change the link to oh, nice. Zero G Adventures. So. Um, but definitely look us up, subscribe, comment. We would love to do a straight episode where it's just question and answers. So no one's given us any questions yet. Give us questions. We want to know what you want to know. know. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. Well, again, don't give up your day job. <laughs> Cedar Point doesn't need any more entertainers. So next week, we're going to take you back to Pennsylvania yeah, to Knobles, oh. which is another traditional park like Cedar Point. Um, but you don't get much more traditional than Knobles. No, Knobles is awesome. Yeah. So we're going to talk about all the great rides, the great food. And food. And food. And food. And more food. And food. And rides. <laughs> yes. What, what's our drink of the week? Our drink of the week next week is going to be a rendition. So one of the, Knobles is the dry park, so they don't have alcohol. But one of the cool drinks that they have in a stand that looks like an apple is an apple, apple cider slushy. So we are going to make a hard apple cider slushy with rum. So with that, we thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed the Cedar Point uh, journey journey <laughs> retrospective retrospective yeah so we look forward to talking to you guys next week and look out for our uh zero g park news update video that's coming out on youtube we'll link to that on our website as well as on our facebook so with that we out right on <laughs>